You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Welcome back to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is Garrett Ashley Mullet coming to you from Greeley, Colorado, on Thanksgiving Day, 2021. This is, of course, Thursday. Thanksgiving in America is always on the third Thursday of the month of November. It is a designated national holiday. And the background on that is that it is good, and it is historically in this country been recognized as good that this people as a whole take time to reflect regularly on how blessed we are by the Lord God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, Lord of all creation. God is the one to whom we give thanks. I want to take some time at the start of this episode, to give full props to Albert Moeller, his podcast, The Briefing, I was listening to on my way to work yesterday, last work day of this first week with Eagle Automation in Greeley, Colorado, brand new job, new gig, off to a little bit of a bumpy start, don't have a laptop yet, uh, might have a truck, don't know quite yet if I'm going to have a truck, but probably will have a truck but I don't have one yet. A number of things are still kind of in transition. It's a weird week for everybody. Granted, with it being Thanksgiving, lots of folks are traveling to go be with family or they have family traveling to them to be with them. In any event, whether you've got a lot going on or you don't have anything going on, the very fact that it's Thanksgiving is on everybody's minds. And that's all right. That's okay you got to give people some grace in the holiday season especially and not be too impatient because they're trying to get themselves ready or they're trying to think about how they have related to family in the past, family and friends. Hopefully, we're thinking about how we've related to the good Lord in the year past and how he's related to us more to the point because Thanksgiving is not about what we have done. That's an important feature of Thanksgiving. It's not about what we have done. It's about what the good Lord has done. And I really appreciated Al Mohler's podcast yesterday morning on my way to work because he drew attention in a very helpful way to how Thanksgiving is observed slash celebrated in America as we become increasingly secular. And certainly as mainstream media sources, as the left politically, socially in this country are increasingly secular, increasingly, let's just say it, godless, how is Thanksgiving framed? Well, it's just Turkey Day. People will put that on a calendar. It's Turkey Day. Well, no, it's not Turkey Day. It's Thanksgiving. The national holiday historically is not Turkey Day. The national holiday is Thanksgiving, and that's very important because we should give 
thanks to God. We should give thanks to the creator for having created us for one thing, for having created all that exists for another thing. And however much we might be able to think of what we want, but we don't have, Thanksgiving is the time where you stop and you do an inventory on what you have by God's grace. Now, there's two kinds of grace according to Christian theology, Christian thinking historically. One kind of grace is what's referred to as special grace. Special grace is Jesus Christ, the only Son of the Father, the only begotten Son of the Father, was incarnated. He was 100% God, 100% man, God in the flesh, lived a sinless life in obedience to the will of the Father who is in heaven, was arrested on false charges, was beaten and mocked and humiliated and ultimately crucified in public for all to see. He was buried after he died and he was raised from the dead on the third day by the power of the Most High God. He now sits at the right hand of the Father. He rules and reigns. He intercedes on behalf of the saints. And the saints are those whose names are found in the book of life. The saints are those who have received this gift of adoption into the family of God through faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Son of God. Special grace is when you, like the psalmist writes, do not have your sins counted against you by the Most High God. Because when the Most High God looks at you, he doesn't see you. He doesn't see your imperfections. He doesn't see your lack of righteousness. When the Most High God looks at you and you're in Christ, the Most High God, holy, above all, sees the righteousness of his Son, whose redeeming, atoning sacrifice covers you and your sins. That's special grace. Special grace is the hope for resurrection. Whosoever believes in him shall not die. For those of you who are not acquainted with Old English, whoever believes in Jesus will not die. Whoever believes in Jesus will live forever, eternally. That means without end. You might die physically for a time, but there is a God in heaven who created all, who rules over all, who is sovereign over all that exists, angels and demons and heaven and hell and earth and the universe and man and animals and plants and nature and everything who has power to bring you back to life. In him we live and move and have our being and that transcends a physical death for a time. Special grace is, first and foremost, the greatest gift of God, which Christians 
should be thankful for every year, every day, every hour. We need to keep that special grace which we are partakers of in view. Everyone else who is not a Christian, who is not in Christ, who does not believe in that special atoning sacrifice, they don't place their faith in that, they're skeptical or they're just outright dismissive and they reject it, they still get grace. And the kind of grace they get, according to Christian theology, is referred to as common grace. Common grace can be described as the very fact that God knows what I did yesterday and yet I still woke up this morning. The fact that I'm breathing. The the fact that I get to inhabit reality as it is. Common grace includes but is not limited to God sending rain on the just and the unjust. Common grace means that even awful, rotten, no good people who do bad things to one another, who don't honor God, who speak lies, they envy, they're jealous, they're angry, they're bitter, they embrace all of those things, they breathe out venomous curses. Whenever something doesn't go the way they thought it was going to, their hearts are puffed up, they set their heart and they set their face against God. Even those people enjoy blessing. The blessing of the sun shining on their face now and then. A cool breeze on a hot day cooling their forehead. The warmth of a loved one's smile. Their daily bread. A roof over their heads, perhaps. Or just air in their lungs. So whether we're talking about Christians or non-Christians, the idea of giving thanks every year is appropriate. But Al Mohler points out, rightly so, that increasingly, as we become godless in our outlook, in our perspective, we become puffed up, we think we can do this on our own, we can explain all that is and all that will be and all that has been without God in a godless fashion, live in a godless fashion, interact with one another in a godless fashion. We have a harder time explaining who or what we are thankful to. If life is an accident, if the fact that the planet Earth, the planet we call Earth is habitable, It can support life if that fact is an accident of time and space, nothing but random chance, then Thanksgiving doesn't make a whole lot of sense, as Al Mohler points out. And he cites a number of articles from mainstream media outlets, The Atlantic, for instance, where writers are engaging on this, what am I thankful for? Who am I thankful to, more importantly? You don't give thanks to an accident, as Al Mohler points out. And yet, as Christians, 
we believe that there is no such thing as an accident per se. Not in the grand scheme of things. On an individual basis, in the microcosm, I may not intend for certain things to be a consequence of my decisions. I may not have been paying attention. I may have been negligent. I may have been distracted. I may have had just a very limited, fallible perspective on what would come of something that I did or did not do. And we refer to that as an accident. But when you account for someone higher than ourselves, someone who rules and reigns over all, who created everything that exists, who designed it for specific purposes, who actively rules and reigns over all that is, without whose say-so nothing happens, nothing exists, nothing continues, nothing endures, well then, there can't be any such thing as an accident. Everything is on purpose and for a purpose. And we might just not know or understand the purpose. And part of what Thanksgiving is about is reframing everything. Everything that we think is so good, everything that we think is not so good in that context and giving thanks to the almighty Lord of all creation because we recognize that he is good. Whether or not we understand how what is happening to us or in us or around us can be used for good, as God promises in his word, he will work all things to the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. As Joseph says in the book of Genesis, what you intended for evil, God meant for good. We reframe all of that on Thanksgiving, reaffirming regardless of our limited ability to comprehend what is going on or appreciate what is going on, regardless of our human frailties, emotional, mental, spiritual, physical, God is good and his purposes are good. His unchangeable character of purpose is good. Those who are not Christians don't know who or what they're giving thanks to on Thanksgiving. And so you might as well call it Thanksgiving or you might as well call it Turkey Day. You might as well call it whatever you want. Call it nothing at all. Just go through the motions because this is a holdover. It's leftover just like the turkey next week which was smoked fresh today, baked fresh today. The tradition of Thanksgiving is leftovers of something someone else made for us. However many of you still go over to your grandmother's house on Thanksgiving, you don't take credit if your grandmother makes a delicious turkey dinner for everyone. You give full credit to the person who made it. And yes, you could say, well, on Thanksgiving, we just thank one another. We express gratitude and appreciation to one another for the good that we have done to one another. Like grandma making a really good turkey this year. Really good stuffing. Really good 
yams, really good sweet potato pie, really good pecan pie. I love pecan pie, by the way. But even there, just like your grandma may have made the turkey that you are thanking her for making, who made your grandmother? Who made the Thanksgiving tradition that your grandmother is adhering to when she makes that meal for all of you? Who made your grandmother and who made Thanksgiving? And who created the turkey who ended up being slaughtered, plucked? You got to have a turkey that exists in reality before you can have a turkey which you soak in brine or slather in butter and pop in the oven, pop in the smoke or whatever. These things have to exist. They have to be part of reality before we can enjoy them, whoever it is that helps us to enjoy them. And so you can't stop with giving thanks to this person who just participated, the closest at hand person. There's a kind of nearsightedness if that's all we think and we don't think any beyond that at all. Who created your grandmother? Who created the turkey? Who created this substance called butter and this substance called salt? Who created sweet potatoes for somebody to make a sweet potato pie out of them? Who created pecans for someone to make a pecan pie out of? My wife has made, I believe she said, three pecan pies and a pumpkin pie. My sister-in-law, Alyssa, is going to be making a sweet potato pie. And I'm very thankful to both my wife and my sister-in-law for all the work they're doing today and the work my wife has done yesterday. My sister-in-law probably did work yesterday as well. In fact, I'm sure she did because she was helping with the brining of two turkeys, which my brother and my sister-in-law are smoking for us today. We're doing most of the sides. They're going to do the turkeys because they have a smoker. I'd love to get a smoker someday. But on Thanksgiving, I don't fixate on how I wish I had a smoker. That's not the point of today. The point of today is to recalibrate our attitudes so that we don't think first and foremost about what we wish we had and we don't have. We think first and foremost about what God has already given us, what we already have. This year, 2021, that might be really hard for some of us. We might have broken relationships with people because all of us got really stressed out over the past two years plus we got really stressed out about what is going on economically what is going on politically what is going on socially look at these riots look at these threats of violence look at these lies look at these tumultuous times we live in i saw one headline that thanksgiving dinner was going to cost 15 percent more this year than it did last year and at the same time how many of us, or rather how few, are making 15% more this year than we were last year? That's a huge jump. That's a big, big jump in cost. 15% more expensive. Do we have the wherewithal? And of course, you can just cut other things to make room. But it's interesting to me, as Al Mohler points out in his podcast episode from yesterday, and I shouldn't just piggyback off of his podcast episode so much as I am, but 
there you have it. It was a good episode. It was really encouraging. It helped me. He points out that the Thanksgiving Day tradition started with some of this country's first settlers, European settlers, Christians, coming over to the New World, having had a hard time of it. Illness, starvation, deprivation, exposure, danger. It's a new world. Isn't that great? Well, it's a new world. Isn't that terrifying? To their minds, this was the closest thing to going to an entirely new planet. It would be like a whole bunch of us, hundreds of us, going to Mars and setting up shop there. It doesn't matter how many tools you bring. It doesn't matter how well prepared you think you are on the front end. When people start suffering and dying left and right, and it's not going as swimmingly as you were expecting it to, what do you do? How do you respond? Does everyone tear everyone else apart? And sometimes, and that definitely did happen a little bit. Some of those first generations of Europeans who came to this continent, particularly to what is now the United States of America, when there was starvation, some people broke, and some people might have thought they had inherited a Christian tradition. They had been part of an ostensibly Christian culture. But they did horrible, barbaric, awful, ugly, evil things. And in our day and age, folks on the left who are trying to push their radical revolutionary agenda will say it was Europeans versus anybody who was non-European. It was Europeans the white man versus anybody who is not white. Black man, Chinese, Native American, everybody. But there were definitely heinous things done from people to people, regardless of skin color, on all sides. And yet it is remarkable the preservative quality of the Christian faith in allowing those early efforts at colonizing this continent, this new world, to be more successful than not, to endure, to continue on, to persist, and to leave us a legacy of giving thanks. To say, well, we shouldn't celebrate Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving as a reminder of the exploitation of Native American peoples, the Native Americans were invited to the feast. In fact, the Native Americans had helped some of these early colonists to figure out how to survive. They traded back and forth. They showed them the, the ropes. Hey, when you plant these crops, do it like this, and you'll have a better yield. Let me show you a thing or two. So these early colonists, they come through some very trying times and they know they've got trying times ahead still. They take time to stop and to celebrate the fact that they're still alive. Those of, uh, those of them who are still alive are still alive and they take time to give thanks to the Almighty, trusting to the goodness of his character, not to their own 
goodness of character to the unchangeable goodness of the character of God. The unchangeable purpose of God is good. It has always been good. It is good. It always will be good. It is unchangeable. It is impossible for it to change as the author of Hebrews chapter 6 says. But I think Al Mohler's onto something in that as we become more secular as a society, we not only are confused about who to give thanks to in the person of God, the fool has said in his heart there is no God, so we can't give thanks to God, but also it throws everything else out of whack as well. If in our day we take Thanksgiving as an opportunity to reflect on the goodness of our own character, to thank one another because that's as far as we can see. We're that short-sighted. Well, then when we start peeling back the centuries of history, and we look back to the 17th century or earlier, we project our own godlessness onto these people and we assume well, they weren't really giving thanks to God. That's just a construct. That's just a will to power. Like Michel Foucault says, truth claims are a will to power. They were just making that stuff up to try and keep the black man down, to keep women down, to keep everybody in check, to maintain the hegemonic power structure, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And yet, as Christians, if we look at what God's word says about Thanksgiving, if we look to the unchangeable character of the purpose of God, then we have to recognize that God was good back in the 17th century, in the 18th century, in the 19th, in the 20th, and now in the 21st century, God is still good. We have to give thanks in a really mindful way and not fixate first and foremost, or really at all, on the long list of things that are not as we would have them if we were sovereign over all creation. There is a kind of rebellion against God when we refuse to be thankful. There's a kind of vying for supremacy with the Almighty, which is just silly. It is just silly. It would be laughable if it weren't so sad because it cannot succeed. It cannot be prosperous. I think in my own case, I have really struggled with this this year. In previous years and in this year as well, my wife has done this really thoughtful thing where she has the children and myself and herself make leaves out of construction paper. She makes a tree, she puts it in the dining room, and she has each of us write down things that we're thankful for each day of the month of November leading up to Thanksgiving so that we are being very intentional, all of us. And the bigger our family gets, the bigger the tree gets. This year she shifted from doing handprint leaves to being kind of more of a conventional semicircle, not semicircle, but whatever whatever that shape is, that kind of leaf, characteristic leaf shape, tapered on either ends, rounded in the middle. And this year I have had a harder time coming up with things that I'm thankful for. God forgive me. I don't like 
a lot of what's going on right now. I'm frustrated by a lot of what I see in other people and in myself. I feel powerless to affect these things like I wish I could, like I want to. It all seems so much. It seems overwhelming. It's daunting. It seems not fair. That person there is lying. And all those other people know that they're lying, but they're embracing and preferring the lie to the truth. That person over there is doing an evil, wicked thing, and everybody else is turning a blind eye to it. And meanwhile, this person over here is doing a good thing, and they're being made into a villain. And we're tearing ourselves apart, and we're oppressing one another. No good deed is going unpunished, and evil, heinous, awful things are excused. My job situation has been tumultuous. Here I thought I was doing a good thing. I thought I was doing well. Someone takes over who has an axe to grind. And next thing you know, I can't be there anymore. I got to go. This is hurting my family. It's hurting me. Everybody who knows better seems powerless to do anything to help. So it's just me and my lonesome. So now I'm starting over. The week of Thanksgiving, I'm starting over with a new job. I'm having to prove myself. And if I prove myself really, really well, some people are going to feel threatened. They're going to try and take me down a notch. I just found out yesterday that some of the people I'm working with have worked with my brother in the past. So then I'm getting some of the inside track from my brother on what to expect. And I could think to myself on Thanksgiving Day, that's not fair. That's not the way I want it to be. But again, Thanksgiving Day, Thanksgiving in general, shouldn't be just a day, but this day of all days in America, we as Christians really need to, for the sake of our souls, recalibrate our expectations and our attitudes and our hearts to give full credit to the Lord Almighty. Instead of focusing on all the things that aren't as we wish they were, perhaps instead we should be saying, you know what, thank you, Lord, for the fact that I'm alive at all. Thank you, Lord, for what you have given me. Thank you, Lord, for giving me so many blessings and not just those that I recognize readily. Hey, pecan pie today. How about that? Hey, smoked turkey today. Mmm, delicious. Not just those things. Also, trials. Also, tests of faith. Also, difficult people and challenging situations and opportunities to grow and opportunities to honor and serve the Lord and opportunities to give a faithful testimony to a world that doesn't know Jesus, who doesn't know our hope, who doesn't know our faith, who doesn't have that peace which surpasses all understanding. What a great opportunity for us to be really genuinely Deep down inside, not in a fake, saccharine, sweet sort of a way, but in a genuine, meaningful way. Seasoned with brokenness? Sure, absolutely. But in a genuine, meaningful way, 
thankful to the Most High God. We should be thankful for the opportunity to not grumble, to not be bitter, to not be angry, to not be anxious for anything, but through prayer and supplication present all of our requests to God with thanksgiving, giving thanks to the Most High God. I am thankful that I'm alive. I'm thankful that I have my wife, Lauren, for 15 years now, today. Today we have been married for 15 years. Hard to believe. It seems like it hasn't been all that long. Also seems like 15 years is a big number. When I just turned 35, 15 years, that's a good span of time. I'm thankful for my sons, Josiah, Elihu, Solomon, Daniel, Enoch, John, Andrew. I haven't met Andrew just yet, but I'm thankful for him all the same. I'm thankful for my daughter, Evelyn. I'm thankful for this new job with Eagle Automation. I'm thankful for the opportunity to start fresh. I'm thankful for new difficult people to learn how to get along with and hopefully learn how to share a good testimony to whatever they do with that testimony. I'm thankful for new people to make friends with because some of the people are going to be great. Some of the people are probably going to be a challenge. Some of the people are going to be great to work with. We're going to get along super well. I'm thankful for the opportunity to jump on this Chevron account and learn new skills and apply myself. I'm thankful for the opportunity to work from home once they get me a laptop. Seven days on, from home with my family, 6 a.m., 6 p.m. I'm thankful for the opportunity to have hope, even if that hope has not been realized just yet. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. The fact that we are alive and that the world is still spinning and that God is still good as he always has been, that we can be thankful for. I may not be thankful naturally. In my own limited understanding, my first thought on Thanksgiving Day, when the meal is going to be 15% more expensive than it was last year, my first thought might be, let's go, Brandon. But if I reframe and recalibrate all of this according to God's unchangeable purpose, his goodness, well then, maybe I can give thanks that what is meant for evil by others God is going to use for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose, including any number of politicians or media personalities or godless persons who are malicious or dishonest, who don't believe that objective truth exists. They think that all truth claims are the will to power. So why not make up facts? Why not twist facts to create and support a narrative? Everybody's doing it. Why shouldn't I as well? God's going to use 
every one of their schemes and efforts, machinations for good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And if anything, I don't need to be afraid of those people because I fear God. I need to feel sorry for those people and pray for them. May God have mercy on their souls. And hopefully, if I can maintain a good testimony and fix my eyes on the goodness of God, on his unchangeable character of purpose, maybe being blameless, I'm going to win some of those godless people over. And they're going to see the goodness of God reflected in me this Thanksgiving day, this coming year. God willing, we'll live and do this or that. Celebrating Thanksgiving isn't about celebrating some supposed genocide. It isn't about either the perfect or imperfect character of previous generations, which as an aside, if we're all just animals, then what's your argument? I turn on National Geographic and I see a pack of wild dogs, African wild dogs. I see a pack of hyenas. I see a, a pride of lions. I see a couple of cheetahs here and there. I see a crocodile or a whole bunch of crocodiles in a river or a watering hole. I see a hippopotamus. I see a wildebeest. I see violence in this broken creation. The lions make a kill, but a bigger pack of hyenas come along and they want that buffalo they want to snack on that. That's their Thanksgiving meal. That's their turkey day. To the victor go the spoils. Whoever is the strongest gets what they want. What's your moral argument for that not being a one-to-one -one ratio with human beings? If there is no God, then your argument is invalid and moot. And you're just filling up the air with sound waves. But if it isn't about the goodness of man, if it's about the goodness of God that we give thanks, and when all men have sinned, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, when all have sinned, of every tribe and every tongue and every nation, all the way back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, when all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, you don't make excuses and you also don't demonize people disproportionately because you can find checkers in their past. You look to the goodness of God on Thanksgiving Day and that's what you celebrate. And quite frankly, my ancestors, your ancestors, wherever we hail from, they made mistakes, they messed up. But if we're in Christ and God brought our ancestors through to the point that we are alive now, we live here, we enjoy the blessings of God's goodness here in the present, in this moment and place, in space and time, we should give thanks that that went down the way that it did. Because if it hadn't, maybe we would not exist. You're angry about your own existence. It's a self-defeating argument if there ever was one. It happened. That's that. What is there to do about it now? 
treat people decently, fear God, keep his commandments, trust in the goodness of God, extend grace every now and then to other people because they are frail creatures with a sinful nature, in Christ or not in Christ. They do make mistakes. And if we're so harsh and severe and unforgiving, as if everybody has sinned against us when things just aren't automatically the way that we preferred them to be, well, that's folly. That's a whole lot of foolishness. But if things can be not the way that we want them to be, and we keep our eyes on the unchangeable goodness of God, well, then we recognize that when people make mistakes, they're sinning first and foremost against God, not first and foremost against us. They may have sinned against us, but that's a secondary issue to the fact that they've sinned against the creator God who made them for better things, who made us for better things. We may not have all that we wish we had. We have what we need in Christ. We have everything that we need for life and godliness in Christ. And that shouldn't be something forced or fake or put on or affected. We need to let that really marinate. And not just on one day, but since today is as good a day as any, we could start today. Honor God as God. Give thanks to God as is his due. Give glory to God. Count your blessings instead of counting your afflictions. Maybe it's more of a challenge this year, but then again, maybe it is all the more fruitful that we do it this year. Maybe it's all the more meaningful. I'm going to let you go for right now. It's enough for this episode. If you're driving, if you're traveling to be with friends or family today on Thanksgiving, travel safe. God bless you. God bless those of you who are gathering together to give thanks to the Most High God. As for me and my house, we're going to endeavor to give thanks to the good Lord for all that he's given us and focus on his purpose. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, Thanksgiving is today. Happy Thanksgiving and God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com. Thank you.